Welcome to The Proper Blokes, brought to you by Prism, the creators of The Disputable Take. And here is your host, Matthew Medina. And welcome to The Proper Blokes podcast. I am your host, Matthew Medina. Um, Proper Blokes is part of the Prism Network. Uh, we have a couple shows on here. We talked about sports. Uh, the Proper Blokes podcast is dedicated straight uh, specifically to soccer or football, proper football. Uh, we don't just talk about it here in the States. We talk about uh, football around the world. And I want to apologize for not having an episode recorded. Been a lot of crazy. Had some family in town. Had some family out of town. So, And my producer was in town, so he wasn't able to load anything. So, um, But we're going to get back. And this week, we're actually going to make it up. So we're going to have two separate episodes this week. <clears throat> One, today's episode is really focused on the EPL and the MLS. Um, just because there's been some major developments in there and I want to talk about some of the games that's been going on there and then hopefully either tomorrow or Friday I'll be recording the European campaign um, talking about the Champions League we had some dramatic conclusions to the um, to the to the quarterfinals I still have to re- watch a couple of the games there um, but I, I just finished watching actually the Dortmund Monaco game and the Juventus Barcelona second game and I have to watch uh, in entirety the Real Madrid and Bayern Munich game. Um, but we're going to have a separate episode about that, recapping that. My thoughts on, you know, the semifinals and who looks good, who should prevail, even based on who they played. Um, and then we'll also talk about United's, uh, their second round, their second leg tie with Anderlecht. They host them. I'm recording this on a Wednesday, so they play them Thursday. They record, they're hosting them tomorrow. Pivotal game. Pivotal, pivotal game. But let me just give you a recap of the Proper Blokes podcast. What we do, like I said, we talk about football around the world. Um, and we'll talk some European domestic leagues, although it's kind of... This is a big weekend this weekend. The Liga, Real, and Barcelona playing at Clásico. Um, but we're, you know, we'll see how it goes and how everything else is pretty much shaping up. We'll try and take a look at the French league. Uh, another league that I encourage you guys to watch. It is fun. It is exciting. And Monaco look really good, and I think they might hold on to win, but it is tight up there. Um, but like I said, we're going to talk Manchester and a lot of the Europa League, in the Europa League, how they're doing there, because that is my squad. And I'm actually going to go ahead and start with them right now. Um, what a weekend for them. Um, they hosted uh, Chelsea after coming taking three points from the Stadium of Light. A week ago, they went in there. They thoroughly dominated the stadium. Like everybody played really good, so it was a really good performance. They did what they were supposed to do there. Um, but this Sunday, they got what is no doubt their best performance of the season, probably their best since going back a couple years ago, since they diced City a few years ago. There was a game um, I remember. I, I remember it to this day. Louis Van Gaal. He finally had everybody where they should have been, and they went four to two. It was a great game. Um, so I watched the game first, and then I watched the post game, and I hadn't hadn't had a chance to watch the pregame until, you know, after I had seen the game. And man, hearing the criticism that was directed not only to Jose Mourinho for his selection, um, but also the total disrespect shown towards Ashley Young, who I understand, I get it. He's not going to go into the EPL Hall of Fame. He's not this. He's not that. But he's been very consistent for United. He's a stalwart. He's been there for a while. He's won titles. He understands what it means to put the red shirt on. Uh, him being named captain is just—it's not that he's a—he's a permanent captain for one game. And with the roster that the, with the lineup that they threw out there, I actually would have expected him to be the captain. And 
the disrespect that was shown to him for being named captain was just totally uncalled for. Josie Mourinho loves him. Louis Van Gaal loves him. And and Sir Alex Ferguson loved him. The only guy who didn't like him was um, David Moyes, and he didn't really work here at all. So um, I, I did not appreciate the total disrespect that Ashian was getting. It just uncalled for. Um, having said all that, United went out and throttled the would-be champions. Uh, Josie Mourinho nailed the lineup. I remember I was watching the game. I was watching the game before, and I saw the message on who the team roster was going to be. And the first thing I thought was, "Man, this looks like a Sir Alex Ferguson lineup where he's got a big where Sir Alex Ferguson would have a big Champions League game coming up on the Tuesday, and he'd throw out a squad that you know you'd be like, oh, they have no shot of winning this game. What is he doing? You know, the Premier League." That's exactly what I thought, and I was like, man, this team has no right, but I love I love how it's looking so far. Jose Mourinho nailed the the starting 11. I mean, perfectly picked it. He picked a lineup that would track back, they were going to defend, they were going to attack. There was a team there was a team that was going to fight for every possession. This was a team that was very gritty um, and they were going to fight for every possession like I said, but they also had the pace to counter attacking while defending. This is Jose Mourinho 101. Defend, defend, defend. Defend, defend, defend. Suck in pressure, suck in pressure. Bring in their center backs on the attack. Boom, counter attack. What a performance. Um, and there's you, you have to look. At the first person you look off is, is Ander Herrera. Um, what a game. What a game. This is a game. I've been a United fan for seven years. This is one of those games... That will go down in United lore. Uh, he was unbelievable. He had the unenviable task of man marking one of, if not the best player in the Premier League in Eden Hazard. He was asked to literally watch his every move. And if you watch the game, he literally watched his every move. Um, it actually seemed like he was inside Hazard's kit sometime. That's how close he was. Um, he was asked to sacrifice on offense and say, hey, I need you to defend. I need you to stay with this guy. I need you to man mark him. Um, and he had, and this is, you know, for a player like him, he had to trust that the other 10 were going to do their job. Because basically it was, a, it came down to it was a game of 10 on 10. 10, ver, 10 v 10, I should say, excuse me. Um, which is not easy. Because if you're a player who wants to be involved and you want to help the team win, and the manager says, look, the way you're going to help the team win is you're going to man mark and take out the best player that Chelsea has to offer, and trust the ten, the your other ten, uh, the other ten uh, uh, players. That's not easy, but he did it. And not only did he put Hazard in his back pocket, he also found time to turn the ball over early in the game, and he delivered the through ball of through balls. It was perfectly weighted right on target, right past Davi Luiz, who had no idea that Marcus Rashford had slipped in behind him. And uh, it was perfectly weighted. Marcus took it perfectly, and it was he slotted it behind uh, past Begovic. United up one near less than 10 minutes into the game. Stadium is rocking. It was, uh, and they didn't let up. They defended, they attacked, they held the ball. They dominated the first half. This was their best first half in a long, long time. They just, every aspect of the game, 
Chelsea couldn't even nick. They couldn't even get passes together. It felt like they couldn't string anything. United were. They, it seemed like there was twenty United guys on the line on the field. I should say. Um, it was just. It was fantastic. And it was spearheaded by Ender Herrera, uh, future captain of United. If I have my say, uh, he was not done there. Four minutes into the second half, what does he do? Pegs a deflected a deflected ball into the back of the net. Seals the three points, a goal and assist while man marking the best player in the league, probably well deserved man of the match. Close second honors though belong to my boy Tak, Marcus Rashford. Back to goal in consecutive games. Looks like he's getting some confidence back. It wasn't just the goal though. Obviously, when you're a striker, you want to score goals. That's what they ask you to do: is strike the goal, is to 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 hit goals. Uh, it's the way he tracked back on defense, held the ball up, and wrecked havoc on the back line. Led the line perfectly. Finally playing where he should be as a number nine. He looked exactly like he did last year. He and Jesse Lingard, uh, two academy boys, by the way. Uh, United, we need to trust our academy. Absolutely perfect. They ran all over the defense, defended them perfectly, gassed them, had them looking here, there, everywhere. The defense had no idea what they were doing. Uh, and the aforementioned Ashley Young, captain of the day, was fantastic. Led the team, fully deserved to wear the captain's band. Fully deserved to wear that band. If his goal-scoring boots were on, hadn't failed him, United could have had more goals. Mar- uh, uh, Marcus Rashford could have had a hat trick. I mean, they could have blown. This could have been a 5-6-7-0 win. It was that close. Chelsea had zero tar- shots on target. First time since 2007. Um, but Ashley Young had two clear opportunities for goals. You know, his boots failed him, but... Again, I'm not going to hold that against him. He was absolutely fantastic. Everybody else was perfect as well. And what a tackle from Pogba. What a tackle. He had a tremendous game as well, but Diego Costa had sprinted out, and Paul Pogba tracked back and just mopped the floor with him with a clean tackle, turned the ball back over. It was fantastic. Uh, Despite what the critics are writing in their articles, I'm sure they're doing it to get headlines or clickbait. Don't believe what they're saying. Trust me when I say this. Paul Pogba's having a fantastic year. The fact that he doesn't have goals, I'm not going to hold that against him. He's hit the, the the post a bunch of times. But he there's been there's been games where there's been a lot more than you think where he just physically dominates the center of the of the of the pitch. And he's I, I honestly believe and I'm not trying to be a homer, I really do ha- believe he's had an awesome season. Fantastic season. There's, there's been some games where it's like, okay, you know, I wish you could do a little bit more. However, don't believe what you're reading that he's having a subpar year. Um, he's having a great, fantastic year. Adjusting, he has the most passes completed in the Premier League, most passes completed in the opposing team's half of the pitch in the Premier League. I mean, come on. I mean, this guy's doing his job. Um, and it's not his fault Josie Mourinho took three or four months to figure out where to put him. So, He's fine. He's going to be fine, and United are going to be fine. Um, like I said, Mourinho made the right uh, starting eleven, but also he brought on the right substitutions at the right time. You know, early in the second half, uh, Antonio Conte takes off Victor Moses, brings in Cesc Fabregas to try and dictate the game a little bit better, a little bit deep line playmaker. What does uh, what does Jose Mourinho do immediately? Like I would say, like three four minutes afterward. Michael Carrick comes on, takes out Jesse Lingard so that he can hold the ball, so he can control the ball a little bit better. Um, and then Conte makes another substitution, brings on um, 
man, I forgot who he bring down. I didn't write it down. But he, he took off Demandra Manage and brings on, um, man, who did he bring on? Anyways, he brought on another attacking player, Jose Counteracts, um, and brings on Zlatan in the 80th minute to waste some more time. Uh, it was just, it was well, per- everything was perfectly placed. They rotated, it was just fantastic. Um, what a performance, like I said, from top to bottom. Not just the players and the manager, but the fans. They were, I mean, this was one of those patented United shows that they can still dial it up for the big stage. And I've watched this game twice. I'm probably going to try and watch it again. It was so great. If you're a United fan, this is what you've been waiting for since Sir Alex Ferguson left. Hopefully they can carry this over for the rest of the season. they got tough, tough schedule, but, you know, they dominated the champs. They dominated the champs. They can dominate anybody. Uh, rest of the premier, the premiership had some interesting storylines as well. Tottenham dominated another game. Um, they stayed hot, not only four points behind Chelsea. I don't know if they're going to win the league this year. I honestly don't. They look really good. They look on fire. They're still alive in the FA Cup. Saying they're going to win the league this year is kind of like a hot take. And I don't really want to be in that business. Maybe you know, maybe that's what you're supposed to do to get people to follow you. Like, oh my God, I need to follow this guy. See so what he's gonna say next. Um, but you know, I, I, you guys want honesty. You know, honest. You know, you know. So I don't think they're gonna win the league this year. I think they could want to probably win it next year, and they probably should. If their schedule was a little lighter, if you flop theirs and Chelsea's schedule, I would take Tottenham. But I like Chelsea's schedule better, and I think they're gonna you know, bounce back. But, you know, it's it's easy to forget that this is the same Chelsea team that quit on Jose Mourinho last year. So it's not like they have, you know, this, you know, that's not like they have guys who are really committed. You know, my friend and I, we always joke around that Eden Hazard really wants to, is playing for Madrid, but really on loan in Chelsea. Diego Costa doesn't really want to be in London. He wants to go back to Atletico. You know, Thibaut Courtois, does he really want to be there? I don't know. Um, you know, the character of this team, I I don't trust it. I really don't. You know, I like Conte. They're the manager. You know, Gary Cahill. We'll see. I don't, it's no lock now. It's, it's not, we have a title race. We've got a race. And it's going to be interesting to see what they do, see how they bounce back. They have such a light schedule, though. So you have to think, they need, they only need 15 points. They only need 15. So, you have to think they're going to get it. Man City took all three points from Southampton, and Liverpool also won. So they stay in the top four as well. Liverpool at third, and uh, Manchester City at fourth. Again, United's path to the Champions League, in my opinion, is through the Europa League. We will review that game, like I said, um, a couple days from now when we talk about the European tournaments only. Um, but I honestly think that's how your top four is going to be. I think it's going to be Chelsea. I think it's going to be Tottenham, then Liverpool, and then Manchester City. Uh, it, it's not that I don't think United's inferior. I actually think United's probably better than all. I honestly think that the three best teams have been Tottenham, Chelsea, and United. Um, but United just don't have the goals. Their defense has been fantastic this year. They just don't have the goals that they should get. You know, any other season, they, those goals go in. They're they're going to win the league. So, you, you know, you, you have to win, obviously. And you have to rank the teams based on the results. But... Um, you know, Man City, their defense has been all over the place. Liverpool, they've been all over the place. So, we'll see how it goes 
from there. But United control their own destiny to a degree. They have Tottenham. They have Manchester City. They these are they have you know these are some big games. If they win, they can kind of dictate where they go, and they also have some games in hand. So we'll see how they finish. Again, I, I still think they should focus on the on the uh, Europa League. They have a squad big enough to compete on both fronts. Yeah, you know, play it smart. That's what I would say. Um, so we'll see how the top goes. Dropping down to the mightiest midget section there. Crystal Palace bagged a point against Red Hot Leicester City. Finally, to me, look like they're going to be safe from the drop. Of the teams in the bottom three, Sunderland, Middlesbrough, and Swansea. Only Sunderland got a point. Middlesbrough and Swansea both lost. Uh, Sunderland and Borough, are, look like they're probably going to drop for sure. I don't think they have anything left in them. Swansea and Hull are battling to stay in the league. It's going to be interesting to see who goes there. But um, Hull's played better, I, I guess, over the course of the last couple months than Swansea. But, you know, Swansea gets hot, then they fall apart. And Hull gets hot, and then they fall apart. So, you know, that's what happens when you get these teams at the bottom. I think Bournemouth are, you know, they're like at 15th. I think they're going to be fine. I think um, they'll figure it out and they'll stay above. Uh, Crystal Palace, like I said, they have a brutal schedule. But I think as long as they keep taking points here and there, they'll be fine. It's really down to now Swansea and Hull City to see who stays in the Premier League. All right, so moving on to the domestic side. Uh, time to talk about my boys, my local boys here, Orlando City, stayed unblemished at home. And I will say this. This is, you know, a side note, aside from the game, game experience part. Last week, I left... Now, the stadium's about 20 minutes from my house, 25 minutes, probably most closer to 20. Um, but they've had some issues trying to get into the stadium. They don't have as many injuries as I thought. The parking around it is kind of a mess still. Um, but I got there. The game started at 3 o'clock. I left, late, I left where I live at about like 2.15. Got there at about 2.30, or 2.10, I should say. Got there at 2.30, and... Walked to the stadium at about 2.45-ish, and I only missed a minute. So I like they're getting better. So I got to, you know, stadium experience-wise, you know, they're getting better. Also, I went to the left on the supporter section, which is where my tickets are. I was able to get pretty good seating away from the drums banging in my ear. Um, so you, I could see the pitch a little bit better. I didn't have the flags in my – I'm not saying we shouldn't have the flags, but, you know, the flags weren't in my way to – I do go to the game to watch the game too. Not to just experience, you know, obscenities and vulgar and beer being tossed at me. So, um, back onto the game, though. <laughs> uh, Orlando City stayed unblemished at home. They had a late, dramatic, beautiful goal from Kyle Aaron in the 91st minute to finally down the LA Galaxy 2-1. Um, to one. They conceded a goal late. Um, Orlando continues shows the ability to pass, hold the ball, then they score. And then somehow they forget to pass once they have the lead. Um, however, in years past where the defense, the back four specifically, would concede goals. And when I mean back four, I'm taking Joe Bednick out because it's never his fault whenever this team concedes a goal, in my opinion. Uh, like I said, where the, back, where the the defense would concede a goal, the 2017 Lions have a fantastic back four. Led by uh, Jonathan Spector, he continues to be a revelation there. Um, I on. This may sound overdramatic, and it's only five games into the season. But there's a legit case to be made that he's the best signing Orlando City have ever had. I mean, he has solidified the back four. Um, and he just he puts them where they should be. He's, you know, he tells them, hey, don't screw this up. 
he just knows what he's doing back there. So, I mean, he's been a revelation. Sutter, the Swede, they brought in to play a right back. He's also playing the Champions League. Uh, started the scoring, but pinned the ball back into open space where it found Will Johnson, future potential captain of Atlanta City, based off, you know, early returns. Picked it up and blasted it past the Galaxy goalkeeper. It was a great goal. Definitely nominated for goal of the year. Uh, City continued. Like I said, they, sometimes, and Jason Christ has said this in his press conferences, where there's some positive, there's some negatives, where he doesn't like how they're not holding the ball. And I agree with him. There are some times where they make, you know, iffy passes, and you're like, Ugh. However, they are defending with grit. Like, they they look awesome in defense. So, you have to give them credit where credit is due. And, I mean, they are playing fantastic defense. Um, I, there's de- some definite bite to this team. And I like that. I think that's what we were missing before. And I think Jason Christ is putting his thumb, you know, on this team. And I think he's getting the exact squad that he wants to result. I mean, he, obviously, I think he'd like to have possession. Like, he kind of seems like he likes possession and, def- and defending, which is obviously easy to say. But sometimes it's hard to do both, to be real honest. But you can look at it, you know, that's how the Spanish won the 2010 World Cup. They defended by possessing the ball. So, you know, I like what he's doing with this team. Again, I was completely wrong. He, I didn't, you know, some of the moves he did in the offseason, I was like, huh, why, you let, why, me? All of them have worked out. All of them. Every single one of them has worked out. And you have to give credit where credit is due. Like, I'm, like I mentioned, he is pushing the right buttons at the right time. He's maximizing some strengths, minimizing some weaknesses, which I'm going to talk about for one specific player in just a second here. Um, putting everybody in the, the exact positions they should be, getting things out of players he he should he should have. Um, you know, I like Nocherino has been fantastic under Jason Christ. This is going back to last year. You know, initially I was like, man, he was you know he wasn't really good, but I don't know if he was if he's out of shape, if he was expecting this to be a vacation, if the coach wasn't doing something right. You know, those are all options. And you have to look at it out and think, man, was Adrian he's doing it right? Because he looks like a different player since it's, it's the same player with a different manager. So what what's the difference? The the manager. So you have to give Jason Christ, you know, credit. I mean, if the if Orlando City continues on this pace, they're gonna finish in the top you know, top two in the east, playoff bound. You know, th- this is going to be awesome. He's, he should be nominated for manager of the year. But it's early. It's early. Temper expectations. It's a process. Continue playing. I like what I see so far. Let's keep it up. If they can continue to just dominate at home and get some road wins, you know, string together some road, you know, at least get some points. Don't don't be laying duds all the time out, out on the road. If they can get some points on the road, you know, and they can continue dominating here in Orlando. Sky's the limit. They have everything you want. When you really look at it, I don't care what league you're playing. It's the same things to win a title. Do you have a goalkeeper? Do you have a defense? And do you have somebody that can pass? Do you have somebody who can pass the ball to the guy who can put the ball in the back of the net? Orlando City checks off everything. Joe Bednick is is fantastic. They have a back four now. They have depth at the back four. Jose Ahaz not even playing, and I like him. Um, he's injured. You know, Redding has been great since he's been brought on. They have Sutter. You know, everything is looking, and they have Spectre. Everything is looking really, really, really good right now. They have a defensive midfielders. You know, Johnson, Higuita, uh, um, Carrasco has been playing well. 
And and obviously, uh, Nocherino's been playing really well. And I like their attack. I, I love Giles Barnes. Man, is, has anybody ever come to Orlando and embrace it as quickly as this guy? I mean, I just, ugh, everybody loves him. He plays really hard. He's feisty. He's one of those guys. Man, you're so glad he's on your team. If he was on the opposing team, you'd hate him. But we have him. So I love him. Um, So... I just like everything. Everything's like Rivas. I've been kind of harsh on him, and I, he's still he's okay. He's playing a lot better this year. You know, we'll see. I have tempered expectations with Carlos Rivas, but I like what I again. Maybe you know again. You have to look at the manager. He has him playing where he should be, up top. He's got a couple assists already. He's playing a lot better. You have to give Carlos Rivas credit. He looks a lot better this year. You know, I'd like some more end result. I'm sure he would like some more end result. Um, but I'm not, I'm not complaining. I have no complaints about anything on this team. None. And that's, that's so awesome to say, because I would really love this team could make the playoffs. And it's not just me. MLS would love for Orlando City to be on the stadium, in the playoffs. Three of their first four home games have already been on national television. Three. They're going to be on national television again this weekend. This is a team. They're already top ten, if not top five, most popular team in this in this sport in this league. If they could get the chance to slap that stadium on national television for like to the end of November, they would love to put that on there. So, you know, again, fingers crossed. Hope we can keep this up. Uh, one more thing here on a side note. I just want to talk about um, Kyle Aaron real quick. Just because I've been reading this and, and that and hearing this and hearing that. A lot of rumors regarding him going to Europe sooner rather than later. I love Kyle. Love for him to progress in his career. I think he's destined for Europe, obviously. I, and I'm not trying to sound like a homer. I don't think he's ready just yet for Europe. I definitely think he should finish this season. And he should probably do one more season under Jason Christ, uh, under Christ. Um Europe is not going anywhere. It's it's going to be there. Christ is definitely, in my opinion, this is just my two cents. I think he's maximizing his strengths. He's big, he's physical, and he can kick with, he can score with both legs, um, and he's deadly when you, you know, when you put him in front of the net. And I think he's minimizing his deficiencies. I think he can improve on hold-up play, and I think he can improve a little bit on decision making. Again, he's leaps and bounds better. He's getting better every single year, and he's already awesome. He's already he was a, he has the most goals for anybody under the age of twenty three. So, it's not that he's a scrub. I'm not saying he's a scrub, and you know I don't want this to be interpreted. He's a scrub. I think he could use a little bit more seasoning. Um, I remember, <laughs> I remember when I was a manager, and I told one of the tellers that was working for me he wanted to be a banker, and I said, I said, well, I'll leave his name out for. You know, so you guys can't identify him or anything like that, just in case. I told him, being a banker is not like a steak. You can eat a steak at rare, medium rare, medium well. You can have it at different settings. It's like a chicken. You can't eat a chicken raw. The chicken has to be cooked all the way. So, you know, he's just, you know, I, I, I'd keep him in the oven, make sure he's fully c- cooked. Then, um, you know, look to Europe. And I would look at... I wouldn't look going straight to the Premier League. I'd look to go into like the Dutch League or even the French League. I like the French League a lot. The Dutch League, they're going to put him in positions to to score a lot, like Josie Altador did. And he'll have opportunities if he goes to a good team there to get some Champions League play. You know, put a season or two, you know, in those leagues. 
then look at going to the Premier League, La Liga, or the or the Bundesliga. Um, those leagues are going; to, they're not going anywhere. There should be no rush. You know, put your time in, get better. I, I, the problem, the thing is, I'd hate for him to go over there, and then his confidence is smashed, and then you end up like um, Freddie Adu, and he's obviously better than Freddie Adu. And it's like, oh well, listen. There's a, you should go when you're ready to go. And even though some, maybe the coaching is better over there, it's going to be better if you're already per, really, really, really strong in certain things so they can just, you know, do a couple of tweaks here and there. That's just my opinion. I'm not trying to be selfish because obviously I think we'd love, I'd love to have him stay here forever, but I'm not stupid either. So I just think a little bit more seasoning. If it's money, you know, I would hope Orlando City would do the smart thing and name him a DP and pay him a bunch of money. So I hope it doesn't come down to that because if it's just money, Orlando City needs to figure it out and make him a DP and pay him a boatload of money. Um, so let's go ahead. Let's go on to our C2C section here. Uh, talking about the rest of the MLS. Uh, Atlanta, one of the teams I've been watching a lot after a hot start. I've now only gained two points from the last three games and actually lost to Montreal, um, giving them their first victory. Still top six in the East, but it's going to be interesting how this young team handles the ups and downs of an MLS campaign. Um, they came out, they lost their first game, then they were red hot. Now they kind of cooled down. You know, J- Joseph Martinez is still out. We'll see. I still like what they're doing, and they're still doing it the right way. They got reinforcements coming in the summer. Um, oh, my God, I forgot his name. Anyways, they're gonna they're getting the U.S. goalkeeper that's not Tim Howard, the other guy. I cannot believe I forgot his name. How did I write that down? I apologize. I know who he is. It's just slipping my mind. Anyways, so they have some reinforcements coming in the summer. Uh, they're still six, top six in the East, so we'll see. But they may have given Montreal their jump start they needed to, for the season. Other team at the bottom of the East, uh, Philadelphia lost again. Now have conceded five goals last two games, only scoring one goal. David Villa with another nominee for goal of the year. What a goal. What a player. You guys know how much I love David Villa. He's a saint. He should still be playing for the Spanish national team, and he should still probably be in La Liga or the Premier League or anything like that. But I'm glad and fortunate that I have now seen him play twice in live. So, thank you. Um, they're going to host Orlando City this week, looking to avenge their opening day loss uh, between early playoff contenders in the East. Newcomer, former Manchester United boy, Bastian Schweinsteiger, scored again for Chicago Fire. Man, Josie Mourinho should never have let him go. Now have won two straight, taking seven of the last nine available points. They move up to third in the East. Top team in the East, Columbus Crew, host Toronto FC, who have been somewhat stagnant. Four draws in the young season. But they have a great team on paper with Giovinco, uh, Bradley, and, and Altador there. And you f- you have to think they're going to figure it out. Um, so we'll see. Uh, the Red Bulls went back to winning ways after losing to Orlando City, beating rivals DC United 2-0. Uh, out West, Houston and Minnesota drew. Give credit to Minnesota, Minnesota, though, for coming back on the road and grabbing a point. They were down 2 after the first half, but they scored quickly in the second. And bad one more goal to take the road draw. Still think their defense is terrible. And you have to wonder how long Heath will survive there if he continues to not assemble back for the MLS. You have to have a defense. It's not the USL. Um, you have to have a defense. Houston definitely going to look at this as points dropped. Um, a team that's not been playing really good this year expansion team you're a good team and you can't finish seal the deal after putting two points well it is the dreaded 2-0 uh lead once you score one goal it's not that you want to score two you want to score the third goal the third goal usually 
what seals the deal. In a matchup of the current top teams out west, Sporting KC got three points on the road in Portland. Huge win early in the season. And one you're going to have to think KC can recall on. They have to play them again later on in the playoffs this fall. Former OCSU striker Dom Dwyer bagged the goal in the 53rd minute. And uh, Sporting held on to win in a pretty even matchup. But another, another matchup of playoff teams, San Jose and FC Dallas drew as well. San Jose seemed to have dominated the game. I wasn't able to watch it. But based off the stats, everything was again, they controlled the game. Uh, but they weren't able to score deep into the game, 94th minute to be exact. Good point for Dallas. Um, but this is one of those rare results where I don't think either team is going to be happy with the result. San Jose may be forgetting the point, but they dominated. They couldn't score till it was late. Dallas held on, but then they conceded late. Uh, but a point in the road is always going to be a good result there. So that's going to be our wrap-up there for MLS. Uh, we're going to move on to you know really quick topic here, the 2026 World Cup, because obviously America got hosed. Uh, for the 2022 World Cup with Qatar, Qatar, Q-A-T-A-R, whatever that country is, you know, whatever. We're not going to go into that. We're just going to talk about the 20, 20, 2026 World Cup where basically America is going to host it. Um, they basically added Canada and Mexico to solidify their bid for the World Cup. Nobody else has even presented an, uh, an option. They're going to get it. So... Um, early reports are that Canada and Mexico are going to host 10 games each, with America hosting the vast majority of the games. Um, and from the quarterfinals on I, as well, if I'm not mistaken, maybe even from the knockout stages on. Uh, I would not have done it with those countries as the U.S. can host this tournament between two states, California and, and Florida. You know, Cal California have the Galaxy Stadium. They'll have the LAFC Stadium, the Coliseum, the Rose Boy Le Levi Stadium, you know, Florida has the Citrus Bowl, OCSC Stadium, Altel Stadium in Jacksonville, if it's still called that, Sun Life Stadium in Miami, Pro Player Stadium to me, UCF Stadium, and Raymond James Stadium as well. Um, but, you know, it's cool. Max Mexico and Canada get thrown a bone. It's going to be good for their countries as well. As long as I'm going to get some games, I'm good. Uh, what I do like, though, is they're talking about doing it regionally so that teams do not have to worry about too much traveling. Um, this is a big country. This is a big continent. We have four different time zones. And these players are playing in intense matchups as it is. Making their travel easy is not just, you know, good for them. It's great for us as fans because we get to see them at their best. And they've talked about doing it regionally. You know, I could see a Pacific Northwest region with Portland, Seattle, San Francisco, and Vancouver. Uh, a Southwest region or a West region with LA, Phoenix, the bevy of Texas stadiums. Um... Denver and Mexico, and then a northeast region of New York, Toronto, Montreal, D.C., maybe even Gillette Stadium. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know how big, you know, soccer is in that area, whatever. Um, and then Chicago. I know they're in the Midwest, but, you know, you're going to have to go to Chicago. Lastly, a southeast region, Florida stadiums. You could do it at Raymond James, at the Citrus Bowl, at, Pro, at Sun Life. Um, that's three stadiums right there. Atlanta's new stadium, and you can go to Charlotte. Um, you're welcome, FIFA, for laying that out for you. Uh, again, thank you for listening. Continue to listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Please hit the subscribe button buttons. We are a young operation, but we have high amb ambitions. Um, I said this last week. I'm still working on it. It's it's a lot of moving parts. It's not easy when you got to do this all by yourself, pretty much. Working on podcast shirts, not junky ones either. I'm trying to get into the high quality, but I got to get everything copywritten and done officially, and this costs money and you know, I'm not going to ask you guys for donations. 
I'm just not going to do this. This is something that I want to do, and I'm going to finance it myself, and I'm going to be working on everything like that. So we appreciate your support. We're growing more and more each time. We appreciate that. The numbers have been, you know, a lot higher than what I've definitely would high um, than what I've expected, uh, especially compared to my previous podcast. The numbers are a lot higher than that. Uh, but Proper Blokes Podcast is one of just two podcasts in the Prism Network. For all the NBA, NFL, UFC, other major sports, you listen to the Speedable Take. Hopefully we'll get that back on track when the other party was on vacation. But if not, I will morph that into something else. This is something that I'm working on. And I'm going to, you know, if I have to do it by myself, I'm going to do it by myself. But we really appreciate your support. And again, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. And as always, enjoy football on the telly.